Hello and welcome to episode 208 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode is the actress, incredible singer and just all-round beautiful person. I'm joined by the amazing Nina Bergman. We get to sit down and talk in great detail about her acting career so far, her songwriting and so much more. And we get to touch base and talk all about Hell Hath No Fury, which is her brand new film, which is out now and is an amazing war film. And she is phenomenal from start to finish. And that interview will be coming up in just a couple of moments time. What I always like to do on the intro for every episode of Mark and Me is use it to touch base and talk about my last episode. So on episode 207, I was joined by the absolutely incredible Zach Wilde. An amazing interview from start to finish and I received so many emails and tweets from people saying just how positive it made them feel and I want to say again a massive thanks to Zach for coming on the show. But today it's all about Nina Bergman and honestly she's fantastic so I think the best thing to do is to get straight to it. So here's me and Nina talking all things film. So Nina, thank you for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. It's a pleasure being here. Nina, what I'd like to do today for anyone that's tuning in, maybe for the first time to discover this podcast or your work, is give them an idea about how you got into acting. I know obviously you've done songwriting, you sing, you've done acting, but right back in the early days, can you remember those first films you saw or maybe performances that made you want to get into this world? Um, yes, um, I did theater since I was like tiny. Um, I think my first performance was when I was four years old. So I started on the stage. So, uh, my dad is a professor at the Danish film school. So I wasn't really allowed to watch TV. So like my first adult movie, I wasn't allowed to watch any like kids movies. So my first adult movie that I ever saw was Thelma and Louise. Oh, wow. My life. <laughs> yeah, that's a hell of a good one to start on. <laughs> bought, bought a Thunderbird and, you know, came to America and bought a Thunderbird with my first big get. Yeah, it changed my life. So, um, and then my grandfather um, is one of Russia's greatest actors, uh, Pavel Karashnikov, who, you know, did the original Chekhov and was in Ivan the Terrible. And, you know, he was, um, you know, um, one of those so for me you know acting was always something very special and especially the movies and and um you know that's what you know led to going to school and wanted to take it seriously but i've been doing it since i was four years old you know my, my dad put me in all of the student films and stuff uh you know since i was little so i've been doing it my whole life that's amazing and, and with your obviously family having such a good name in the industry did you feel pressure like oh my god like everyone's gonna be looking at me comparing me to my family or did you just think i'm gonna do this on my own and make a name for myself um i was one of those that uh i didn't want to do acting because no. of my grandfather you know i mean i wanted to but i didn't you know I, I was, uh, you know, I danced ballet. I was a ballerina from four to 18. I sang in the rock band. I did everything uh, because I was one of those. I wanted to do it on my own. You know, I didn't want it, um, especially in, in, in Russia. I didn't want to be, you know, the granddaughter of someone. I wanted yeah. to do it on my own. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I think if anything, it almost held me back because, you know, I was like, I can never be like him. You know, and when you're little, you, you all you want to do is like be like other people and emulate them, you know, instead of being my own, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think it almost held me back because I was like, you know, 
your grandfather's Russian's greatest actor, you know, who worked with all of the best directors and the, the best plays. And what, what, what do you do? And I look identical to him. I don't look like my parents. I look like <laughs> a, a female version of him, which didn't help. So, but I, I found my own now and I'm, you know, I'm happy. It just took, it took a little while. So I was going to say what I normally ask people is if their family is supportive because not everyone comes from a background like yours. So <laughs> some people would be saying, I don't think it's a risk to try and take to go into the industry because it's difficult to make a name for yourself. But I suppose if your dad's putting you in films when you're four years old and must be so proud and pushing you all the way to make sure that you go as far as you can in this difficult world to make a name for yourself in. Yeah, I mean, you know, my dad is Russian, so... Uh... It's, it's one of those, you know, he would never tell me he was proud, you know, but he would tell the world he was yeah. very, very, very hard on me. And for me, he was like, you know, find someone rich who can take care of you because you're pretty, <laughs> you're not beautiful and you're talented, but you're, you know what I mean? Like just find, you know, Russian mentality, you know, um, that's how I was raised. And then with a feminist uh, mom who was very much um, like, uh, you know, you don't need a man, you can do it on your own, you know, don't let anyone take care of you, you know, you can do this. Um, and um, my mom not really understanding uh, why, you know, my mom in Denmark is a little different. Uh, you know, people are, are focused where I grew up on the quality of life and not career, you know, and I was like a little career girl since I was four years old. I had like a yeah. mission, you know, and I worked like crazy and trained eight hours a day and I wasn't a normal kid, you know, I was very focused. Uh, so so yeah my mom just never understood it she was like relax you know like why 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 <laughs> you know what I mean live life enjoy life you know and uh yeah so it was like very mixed messages I left when I was 14 I came to London yeah I went to school yeah in Erdang Academy when I was 14 I got a scholarship and I was like see ya did that feel like a breath of fresh air because you weren't kind of under their wings anymore and you could break away and not be kind of watched on every move you do did you feel like it was that chance for you to then be yourself definitely uh definitely i felt i remember coming to england and i felt free i felt like nobody knew you so you weren't you could think however you wanted to think you could be however you wanted to be and i was at a, a um, school musical theater school where it was like you know it was a tough school so you know and and uh, people wanted to work as hard as me and yeah i i, I really I, I felt at home. I felt more at home there than I did at home in Denmark, if that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That's a young age, though, isn't it, to make that move? You know, you must have been quite frightened and kind of like, oh, my God, what's, what's it going to be like? Because I went to university at 18 and I remember leaving the nest and being scared then. And, you know, I had a bit more years on you at that point. But I was terrified to kind of leave and make a name for myself and try and break free. For me, it was, uh, you know, the opposite. I, I was fearless. Yeah. I was just fearless I, I didn't know uh what could happen and I you know I'm one of those um you know I have a little little bit of a you know a, a adrenaline addiction you know I had to go to like get some help you know uh, I love anything uh you know that makes you feel alive and I felt very alive uh for me the language was hard because uh, I'm actually still extremely shy and I couldn't really you know I didn't speak any English you know and I was so bad at it and I, I had a hard time expressing myself and I was super shy, not knowing the language. And so that part was hard, you know, because I couldn't speak it. No. <laughs> so it was hard. Yeah. 
But like, but, I can't imagine that you'd have been, I know you are, but I can't imagine that you'd have been nervous because you just seem so ambitious and so striving on everything you do. You know, you want to do the best at being an actress. You want to do the best at being a singer. You want to get up on stage and perform in front of people and do modeling. And it kind of feels like with that comes that confidence that you should have installed straight away because you need to try and impress people. But it sounds crazy when you say to me that it was the opposite. Yeah, I'm one of those where, you know, if you focus on what you're doing, if you're like, you know, I was going to like if I'm performing a song, let's say, or doing a play, I'm so focused on the character or whatever I'm doing that I forget to be nervous. But yeah. like these kind of interviews right now, to me, it's excruciating. <laughs> like, <laughs> Hopefully this isn't too painful. <laughs> I can't hide, you know, yeah. I can't hide. Um uh, you know, in a character or focus, you know, on, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's still, it's still hard to me, but you know, I've done a lot of work on myself, you know, yeah, be transparent, you know, and, and just be who you are, but it's taking a lot of work. Yeah. But I was a super shy kid. I mean, I didn't go to school for like a year because I was so shy. I just stayed at home. You know, I was one of those kids. I was just like completely, you know, but then you give me something to do on a stage and I forget that I'm shy. So what, so what do you do to kind of change that? Because there's a lot of people that listen that have anxiety problems or mental health issues where they struggle every day to trying to go out and try and just be a normal person, never mind trying to be famous or try and um, stand out. But how do, you, how do you turn it on its head then when you feel like you just want to lock yourself away and not go out, but really you've got to be on stage or you've got to perform? Do you just focus purely on that moment and not the reaction of everyone else? Are you focusing just on the job that you've got ahead of you? Yeah, focus on uh, on, on the why. And yeah. Why am I doing this? Because I love what I'm doing. I love this story. I want to bring the story to life. I, I, uh, I, I love what I do. I, I, I want to be the best. And I just get so immersed in what I'm doing that I just forget everything else. And I think when I get in trouble is when I start thinking about what other people think, you know, I'm not doing it. And, and, you know, like find your why is like, I never did it because I wanted to be famous. I never did it because I wanted, uh, you know, uh, to be, you know, I did have like a hole inside I needed to fill, but it wasn't to be loved and getting the approval. For me, it was more, uh, I loved what I do. I loved, you know, disappearing into these parts or songs or whatever I'm doing. Uh, and that's why I'm doing it. So if I just focus on that, all that other stuff kind of goes away. Yeah. You know, like, like, especially with a stage, like every time before I go out of, on stage, you know, whether it's a play or perform, I mean, I always feel like I'm about to throw up because I'm so nervous. And then as soon as I go out there and I rem I get back into why I'm doing it and the character, what essentially when you sing, you're playing a character too. Um, it just all goes away. And it's like, for me, the only place where everything makes sense, you're in the moment, your brain <laughs> stops doing, you know, all that stuff. Of course. You know, and you can just disappear into whatever you're doing. And then when you're done, you know, the brain starts again. Oh my God, I didn't do this. And I fucked up here and I could have done this. And maybe I should have, you know, and then the brain comes back, but at least I have like, however long the, the show is or whatever, I have that a little uh, piece, you know, the same yeah. on set, you know, it's the same on set. The same do, you, do you feel that comes with part of being such an adrenaline junkie, which you've mentioned today, because you're then out of your comfort zone. So it is then trying to tackle something, isn't it? Even though it's nerves and it's, you're, you're worrying and you you know you are thinking to yourself oh my god this is terrifying 
is that because you're adrenaline junkie and you're putting yourself in that situation to then be frightened and be scared and overcome something? I never thought about that. <laughs> I've only just thought about it now. I hadn't planned that, but I just thought about when talking to you, it's the same feeling probably going on stage than going down a mountain on a rope. You're scared, you're in fear, yeah. you're not sure if you're going to do it, but then you just got to. So it kind of yeah, relates. You jump, it feels like, yeah, you jump in the deep end. Yeah, I mean, that's... You know, I ride motorcycles and whenever I'm stressed, I just jump on that bike and I just go flying and everything disappears because it's that same. <laughs> you know, you're just one with your bike and the road and you can't think about too much because you're just, you know, you're in. And I think it's, yeah, it's exactly that same feeling. I think I, now that you're saying it, I'm just recreating it. <laughs> you know, like I jump out of airplanes. I do, you know, I've always been, you know, into that. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's why I'm doing it. There you go. This could be a counseling session today and it could work yeah, out all yeah, the I ways. Know. Yeah, I just you just helped me figure out my whole life right now. There you go. Yeah. I'll send you a <laughs> bill at the end of today. <laughs> <laughs> so after your time in London, I believe, tell me if I'm wrong, but didn't you go over to New York? Is that correct? You spent some time in America. I, um, I went and studied in Moscow first for a year. Wow. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. No, I got a, yeah, I got a scholarship to a school called the Bolshoi Theater. You know, it's one of the best dance schools. Yeah in the world and when I got in and got a full scholarship I was like well off we go so I, I was there for a year and then I came to New York when I was 16. Was that the time when you really believed this is what you want to do was that the kind of age where you knew you were mature enough to make the decisions you'd had a bit of experience of coming to Europe New York is the place isn't it if you want to get seen you want to be in a band you want to start singing you want to get a modeling career New York is the place to be. Yeah I mean I at uh, took like a, a, a summer dance class in Denmark and the guy had like a, you know, like this crazy calendar and he was so busy and he was choreographing for Madonna and he was doing all this stuff. And I was like, and I was like, he told me he was from New York and I was like, okay, New York, New York <laughs> is a place where you have like schedules and you do things and you make things happen. And, and so I knew again, at a young age, America is where it's at. So, uh, when I was in Moscow, um, I mean, I knew from day one, I wanted to go to America. Uh, I, so I, I, I just remember thinking after Bolshoi Theater, I was like, if I don't do it now, I'm going to start thinking too much. Yeah. So I just kind of went. I just uh, got a ticket. I had 75 bucks in my pocket and off I went. That is a true typical story, isn't it? I had the last few dollars in my back pocket. I got on a plane and then I went for it. Yeah, I mean, you have, you know, it was one of those where it was like, if I don't do it now, you know, that that was the feeling. When am, you know, when am I gonna do it, and will I do it, you know? And then uh, I went, and that's when I got that same feeling I had in London, except like I felt like this was it for me. I was yeah. like, oh, I I feel a part of, and because even in England, you know, it, it's a it's a you know, it's a little clicky. Yeah. Especially when you're Scandinavians, like they didn't really want to hire Scandinavian. It was hard to break in. But once I in England, you know, made friends, they're still my friends today. They're like the best people that I've ever met, the British. But they're 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 it's hard to get in. Where in New York, like everyone just had their arms open. We're just all, I mean, what is Manhattan? You know what I mean? It's a melting pot. So I yeah. felt uh I, I felt embraced and I felt um like I was like, okay, I found my my place my my home so is this no. the point where you felt like the career was then turned into a real possibility that it could become something that you'll do for the rest of your life is this is new york the time where you kind of believe 
this is what I want to do. I'm in the limelight. I'm in the best place I could be. This is this is it. It's sink or swim. <laughs> yes, yes. New York was was definitely that, but I learned very fast that to be taken seriously, I needed to go to school. You know, yeah. I needed to have, uh, you know, um, you know, I could be modeling and doing, you know, uh, cheesy little parts, and but to be taken seriously, I had to go to school, and I realized um, very fast that what I wanted to be uh, was a craft, like becoming a doctor, you know, yeah. and I have to, or a ballerina, you have to take class, you have to go to school, I have to, I wanted to really learn it and, 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 and perfect my craft. And I realized I, I didn't have the tools when I landed. I mean, I was 16 by myself, I didn't know anyone, you know, and I was talking like this, you know, I'm like, hello, I'm Nina, <laughs> why isn't anyone taking me seriously, you know? And I couldn't really understand why. So, so I, yeah, so that's what I did. Incredible. I, I, I became an amateur boxer to make money and, and, and then pay for, co and then I got in, I got my GED and my SATs and, you know, auditioned like crazy and finally got in to Juilliard and then transferred to NYU. Yeah. I, lo then, I love that you just throw in, oh, I just did a bit of amateur boxing to make some money as you do, you know, I'm a bit skinned, so I'll just become a boxer. Well, it was, uh, you know, a natural progression. I was a angry chick with, you know, crazy footwork, you know, yeah. as a ballerina at the Bolshoi Theater, you know, uh, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. So boxing was piece of cake compared to being a ballerina. I tell you that. Like, I love it. You know. <laughs> I absolutely love it. <laughs> you know, like I've danced and broken toes, you know, getting your nose broken a couple of times is like, you know, I, I can handle that getting some scars and I can handle that. Um, you know, ballet is hard. It's better than working in a shop as well and serving customers that are just going to moan. If you can go out there and punch people and take a kick, then and a punch, then, you know. <laughs> I, but I did. I worked in a restaurant for one day and then I got fired. And the problem was that, you know, NYU is more than 30,000 a semester. How are you going to make 30,000 yeah. tables? It's insane. Yeah. So I had to find a way to make money to pay. Then obviously with the music and obviously performing in bands and doing acting and a bit of everything, you obviously were involved in a lot of video shorts and you probably obviously got to see how a production works and be involved on big sets and getting an idea of just about how it all comes together. So is it at that point you're really thinking, this is what I want to do. I want to get involved in a feature length film. I want to get involved in video game work as voice work, you know, a bit of everything. Uh, yeah. I mean, as I said, I knew since I was a little girl, this is just what I wanted and I never questioned it. You know, that's why like people come up to me and they're like, well, how, how did you start? And, and, and how did you know? And I was like, I just knew. Like, yeah. I know, like, I'm not going to eat animals because I love them and I'm going to do art. I'm going to be a performer uh, in, in, in some sort of way. I didn't know how. I just knew I'm in, I'm in, I need to express, you know, yeah. and the music was very, I played one character, you know, where acting, I felt like I could, you know, I have so many things I, I, I needed to come out and I couldn't be all of that in music because yeah. the rock world is very, you know very like it's in a box a little bit and I couldn't express myself so so I just knew I knew like right away this is what I wanted and I never questioned it and I never you know I was gonna die trying that's why I tell people if if you're thinking about it if you're just thinking if that I should if I should do this I was like don't I never had a choice 
No. I quit all the time. I quit every other day. I'm like, I'm done. I can't do it. The business, oh, I hate it. Ah, oh. you know, because the business is so crazy. You know, I love the craft and the art, but not the business. And I quit every other day, but I don't. It I, pulls you back. Pulls me. I mean, what 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 the hell should I do? Exactly. Like, maybe I'll come and work for you and interview people. I don't know. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's go. Yeah, we'll make it instead of Mark and me, Mark and Nina. Mark and Nina. Yeah, it doesn't sound. It doesn't sound too shabby. That sounds but, good. So yeah, sounds good. So at the moment, obviously, you're promoting your latest film, and this is why we're doing the press at the moment. So, Hell Half No Fury, and this is a film I got to see earlier on today, which is great. And genuinely, I loved it from start to finish. Uh, I think it must have been a really tough role to take on. I can imagine the training conditions and getting into this role must have been really demanding for you, and probably one of the biggest roles you've taken to date. Yes, it was. I mean, at that time, it was um. Uh, it, it was again it was a challenge it was you know I read the script and I was like oh I don't know if I can do it can I do French I don't speak French can I can I you know serve this role will I do it justice you know and I and I start to get that feeling like oh you know, <laughs> we like that feeling you know that means I'm really excited and and I really want it so I really wanted it and I had to fight for the part you know I was like I read it and I was like I could just feel my whole being I was like I must play her. I just felt it so deeply, you know. That's good though, because it means you weren't ever going to let anyone else take it. I must your determination no, I, at the audition I, and meeting the director and stuff. You must have been like, "Look, I'm going to fucking do this part. This is mine." <laughs> yes, but you know, I I don't believe in saying. I believe in showing. Yeah. Right. I believe Perfect. in action. So I begged to do the table read. They had another actress, you know, a big Russian actress, and I begged. I was like, she she wasn't here because of COVID, and I was like, please let me do the table read. And he's like. Jesse was like, I can't do that. I mean, it's not fair for you. We already cast it and we can't pay you. And I was like, no, 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 no. You don't need to pay. Just, I just, it's a favor. I'll just show up, read, no big deal. Meanwhile, I get the script like at 10 o'clock and I'm like fixing my hair. I'm reading the script. I'm sleeping two hours. I just embodied the part and I showed up crazy prepared. And I was like, I came as Marie, you know? Yeah. And I did the table read. And then after the table read, everyone was like, oh, but that's her. Like, why are you hiring this Russian girl? Like, your lead is all the other actors. Like, she's right there. Like, what's wrong? This. And then I was like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? love it. And then, uh, you know, we didn't know. We didn't. I didn't know because they had that other girl. And then finally, um, a lot of the other cast members. Um, I worked with Louis before. Louis Mandalore. Um, worked with him on. Um, uh, doom another movie in bulgaria and you know i worked with a couple of uh, timothy murphy i worked with i worked with a couple of them before and they were all like you know giving the director pressure and then finally you know last minute they were like okay nina take it <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah i had to beg i had to beg and did you get into this character and study many other war films to try and give you an idea? I mean, are you a fan of war films? Because obviously they have to be done with respect and done well to earn any kind of strong reviews out there with so many in competition. But yeah. if you think of the classics out there like Platoon, which I absolutely love, yeah. Full Metal Jacket, yeah. uh, all, all these classics. Yeah. Did you start studying them to give yourself a better understanding to get into the mindset of this character? No, I don't do that. Um, when I study, I would never watch movies similar no. because I'm such a sponge yeah. that I would start absorbing 
what they're doing. What I did was I, I found as many stories as I could about these women, you know, female resistant fighters. And yeah. I read stories and I uh, did all the research I could on, on World War II. And I wanted to know what it was like to be in a uh, in Ravensbrück, that particular place she was. It was one of the worst concentration camps. And I watched everything I could get my hands on. I cried myself to sleep every night because... You know, in Denmark, you do go to the concentration camps as a part of your education and you do learn about World War II. But um, I, I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't know to what extent. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, after doing all that research, I mean, I was it messed me up. I have to say it messed me up. Um, and um, and then I just started doing the research and filling myself up with as much information as I could um uh to 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 play her and 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 you know what it was like and, and and what these women looked like you know they looked like kind of stray dogs because they were working so much at, at Ravensbrook but they were shredded you know but like too skinny kind of and you know the things that endured and I would just keep re-watching it you know and torture myself it must and be really like, tough it was it was awful uh, you know it was um I remember halfway through the movie you know I slept two or three hours every night and I would watch all this stuff before I went to bed. And I was like, Nina, why are you doing this? Like, why, 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 why are you doing this? And I was like, well, because I think these women's stories, you know, Jesse based it mainly after two women's stories. I think it's so important that we tell those stories. And I think it's so important we don't forget to repeat history. You know, it could very easily happen, I believe, you know. And, um, and I think it's just so important to give these women a voice. So, um, and, and what a privilege to, you know, I just, you know, pretended and did the best I could to live in her shoes, but what an amazing opportunity to try to live in her shoes. And, you know, as a human being, I just felt like when I was done with that role, I was a different human being. I mean, these women have strength that, that I can't even fathom, you know, people are like, oh, you're so tough. You're a badass. I'm like, I'm not like, not compared to these women. No. You know? Yeah, you know, so I, 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 I grew a lot, you know, all my favorite parts, I grow a lot. I learn from them, you know, I become a better human being. I get a little more open and I get a little more understanding. And I think I get a little more humble every time I play a part, you know. And being the leading role, obviously, prior to that in the shorts and stuff and getting into the characters that you've done previously to have all the focus on you, you know, look at the poster, it's yourself right in the middle. Is this now the moment where you're really thinking you want to do a lot more or are you thinking you want to take a step back because it was so intimidating and so tough at times? Or is it just a point where now you're like, I want to do bigger, better every time? I didn't want the movie to end. You know, it was COVID, so it was a very small set and, yeah. and amazing actors, you know, a lot of method actors like myself, you know, Timothy Murphy's from the Actress Studio and you know, Daniel Bernhardt, and they all wanted to do what I wanted to do. They just wanted to make it as real as we could and and do the justice to the movie and the time and the story. So after that, I was like, I want more. That's what <laughs> <I want." laughs> you know, so I just finished one in Canada um, with um, uh, another, um, you know, I can't talk too much uh, about it. Um, another, in, in, it was a play kind of a, it's like written by a play two two characters again based on a, a, a true story more or less with a French director and a, a lot of the cast was from Downton Abbey you know? oh wow so 
Amazing. Yeah. Um, Ellen Leach was actually my co-star. I think I'm allowed to say that. Okay. Who, that's amazing. Yeah. The chauffeur in, uh, in Downton Abbey. And um, I mean, you know, again, these British actors, damn it. You know, he's, he's from, he's not um, British, but um, he, you know, lived there when he did the show and he just worked with some of the greatest and they're just so talented. And, and uh, so I finished that and, and then I'm doing an action one now that I start next week. Uh, with Patrick Kilpatrick and then after that I'm gonna do a motorcycle one about adrenaline junkies so wow yeah so I just I, after after hell had no fury I was like this is what I want to do I want to play these kind of uh women you know uh women's stories and 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 I just want to do more so that's what I've been doing it's amazing. Now, there's a lot of people that listen to the Mark and Me podcast that might be wanting to get into the industry. Uh, they might be at film school right now uh, listening to this. They could be thinking of going to film school or just loving acting. Now, what advice do you give to these people that are trying, like yourself, to make a name for themselves, to get into an industry that is so difficult to break through? Is there anything that you could give them as a tip or as support that could help them on their journey? Yeah, I mean, always being class, always learning, right? Number one, it's a craft. you got to love it. Yeah. And I think number two, when I started, I mean, I did a play. Um, I went to one of the best, you know, schools. And I had a short film uh, that I starred in and wrote. And uh, we won a lot of um, prizes. And then, you know, people would come to my premiere. They would see my play. You know, I would always do play. I was always in a play. Um, and I just did everything I could. And for me, all those parties and meeting people never worked for me. No. You know, for me, it was like, I would just audition. I would pick up wherever, you know, backstage when I first came and I would audition and I would just be like, if I become so undeniably good, they have to hire me, you know? And then what the mistake that I did was I wanted to be Meryl Streep, but I'm not Meryl Streep. And people look at me as this, like, this is what I learned, like this badass, powerful, whatever, but I wanted to be Meryl Streep. So I fought, you know, playing these tougher parts with guns. And I fought um, being who I was meant to be instead of just, um, I worked with an actor named Peter Stomare, a character actor who a lot of people don't know him, but when you see him, you're like, oh yeah, I know Peter. And he, he, he told me um, early on, he was like, find your niche and then build from there. And then for, for a long time, I did like B, um, while I was doing my music, like kind of B action movies, you know? And not, yeah. not, but this is what I was being cast as. And then I started growing from there. Like, you know, just take what you can get, you know? Just take what you can get. If you love the craft, make the best out of what you were cast in and don't be like me where I was like, no, I want to play, you know what I mean? You know, just take the gig. And then work from there, you know, and the industry will, you know, you, you know, you know, I, you know, I, I was okay with being in all these action movies and being like kind of typecast a little bit, you know, until I, I was good enough to start, you know, booking these other parts, you know, um, and, and get them, you know, more, I guess, diverse uh, career that I'm now building for myself. I love yeah. it. And I think it's really solid advice and honest advice. I think too many people think they can go out there, be in a room, have a glass of champagne. And the next thing they do, they're cast in this huge role. And it isn't like a fairy tale like that at all. No, no. I mean, maybe it is for some, but I feel like most of us that, 
make a living doing it. It's yeah. a consistency. And, you know, I mean, sometimes you do a hundred auditions and you don't get them, you know, and I'm one of those um, where I take every audition I get is life or death. You know, I put drop everything. I do everything, you know, because they're, you know, if, you know, you're going to compete with me and I'm giving it all I got, you know <laughs> what I mean? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's a lot of people like me who love, who loves it. So the competition is really high, you know? So, and, and, and it's discouraging because it's so much, if you fit the part too, you know, so there's so many talented people and it's so much like if you fit the part. So when it does fit perfectly, you better be really good and prepared, you know, because when those opportunities come, you know, there's someone out there who's given it all they got, you know, they're not phoning it in and they're going to get it. So, I love yeah. it. <laughs> uh, and my final question for you today, and what I try and do on the podcast um, to try and make it as original mm -hmm. as I can, is the guest that comes on the show gets to choose the outro piece of music that is played. <gasps> so at nearly 200 episodes now, we've had 200 guests that have all chosen a different piece of music. Now, it doesn't have to be one of your own. It can be any piece of music, any song. But I find that singers or people that write music or perform find this very difficult because they must be... 200 songs that you could pick right now in your head but what is a song that means an awful lot to you that when all this episode is edited it's all finished and ready to go out there after we've spoken that song that is played at the outro what is the song <laughs> that comes to your heart and your soul that oh you my love? god well it's, it almost sounds like it has to be like Hans Zimmer or something like that, that would be epic but uh you could honestly people have had Beatles they've had Rolling Stones they've had classical pieces of music by mozart they've had rare soundtrack pieces of music by john carpenter it can be whatever you want but it can be a song that when i ask the question i think comes to your heart and soul and your head straight away um yeah i mean when you first said it the, the first thing that came to mind um i just can't remember what it's called i was like when you were saying it i, I heard as you were saying it i heard the theme song for inception by Hans. oh amazing i love that <laughs> you know what i mean i heard that like but it's a little sad so i don't yeah. know if that's appropriate you know maybe i can find something a little but it sounds like to me it definitely sounds like a, a movie score kind of yeah. song it sounds like um there is that um there is that um what's his name he is he's british and he's up and coming uh let me just think it's coming um he's a british composer and i love to one of my favorite thing is to discover um you know actors that i don't know or new music that i don't know um you know um and i, I heard this song and he's not that well known and his name is zach hemsey okay and and he's british and he's like my new favorite composer and is there and, a certain piece of music or track that you'd like to pick? Avengers uh, again. I mean, I'm a very dark girl. My soul is very dark. But I'm thinking, does he have something that's a little more fun? Um, let me let me see. Um, Zach Hemsey, Vengeance is like my favorite. But let me just see if he has something because people don't know about him and he's phenomenal. I, I think I can't wait. This is my favorite thing about doing the podcast is I get to take something new, listen, then fall in love, and then listen and listen and listen to loads of new music. Yeah, but check it. So it's Zach and then Hemsey, H-E-M-S-E-Y. Lovely. And, um, and and that song that I like is is Vengeance, but I mean, any of his stuff. I mean, Let's go for I Vengeance. Hope... I think it fits well with what we talked about, <laughs> power, the characters yeah. you play. Let's do this. 
let's do this yeah he's he's phenomenal um yeah lovely well i want to thank you for your time today it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on i can't wait to hear about these new films you're going to be in and for the public out there to check out your work and your previous work but honestly i've had an absolute blast with you today so thank you me too and and when i quit um you know let's team up we are we'll do this podcast and uh, next time you're in the uk okay. let me know okay i'll do that i'll, I'll do be that on a, i'll tag you in on instagram and we'll sort something out yes i would love that brilliant i'll speak to you soon and thank you again for your time today okay sure so there it is there's my interview with me and the gorgeous nina what an amazing person from start to finish so much energy she's an adrenaline junkie and it really really shows she was so fun to talk to and one of my favorite guests that i've had on the podcast so a massive thank you for nina for coming on and i hope one day we get to meet in the flesh and have a drink and talk all things film as we discussed on that interview her brand new film hell have no fury is out now and i urge you all to go and check it out it's a great film and if you do, let me know, because I love reading the feedback from people that check out a film from this podcast. If you've really enjoyed today's episode, there's only one thing that I really ask, and that is for you to share it across your Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I don't have a marketing team or loads of budget to spend on getting the name out there, and I honestly truly believe the best way to get the name out there is from word of mouth, and this can be done by you guys from retweeting an episode, sharing it on your Facebook, or put it on your Instagram stories, it makes a massive difference and can bring a whole new audience to Mark and me and really does go a long way. I'm a one-man team and I work really hard, but the promotion is down to you guys at home. So if you have enjoyed today's episode, please share it. And if you've really enjoyed Mark and me this time round, why not support me on Patreon? Each and every month, thanks to my amazing friends at Richer Sounds, I have some incredible prizes to give away just for saying thank you for supporting the podcast via Patreon. The link is on markandme.com and each month you're guaranteed a minimum of 8 episodes, that's every single month. Some exclusive episodes that are just for people on Patreon and so many more rewards and exclusive prizes, so please, the link is on markandme.com, it costs as little as £1 a month and it goes a huge way and allows me to record more episodes for you guys at home. Things aren't slowing down anytime soon and I can't wait to release my next episode in just a couple of days time. So until then, look after yourself. Take care and I'll speak to you all soon.